0: Welcome to the Veterinary Career Services Podcast, a show for veterinarians, veterinary specialists and hospital management. Join industry expert and president of VCS, Laura Anderson, as she interviews seasoned and accomplished veterinarians that share their paths and provide insights that can help professionals achieve their career goals. everyone. Thank you for joining. Today I am speaking with Dr. James Hotham, the owner and chief medical officer of Hotham Veterinary Service. This is a mixed animal practice which has two locations in Presque Isle and Houghton, Maine. Uh, Dr. Hotham, thank you for, for speaking with me today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So can you give me an overview of Hotham Veterinary Services?
1: Well, it's uh you know, we have two locations. It's uh, like you said, it's a mixed animal clinic, but it is more weighted towards small animal veterinary services. And, um, you know, we've been established for several years and, uh, you know, we have a a pretty good size uh, client base now. And I think our last time I was like yesterday when I was punching in something in the radiology system, I think I saw like uh, patient number 32,000 or something. So there's quite a few, quite a few, uh, you know, animals that we take care of. And um, we have some other uh, veterinarians that work with me as well, currently two associates. And we, you know, we, we just have a great staff of licensed techs and veterinary assistants and receptionists and uh, just you know, I think we're able to be efficient and see so many people and and do a good job because we try to empower the staff and, uh, you know, they really, uh, you know, allow me to do a a better job and uh, just everybody, um, everybody pulls together nicely as a team.
0: So Dr. Hotham, how many technicians support each doctor on a daily basis?
1: There's typically about four support staff for each veterinarian. Could be uh, two licensed techs and a couple of of assistants, or it depends on the day. But uh, there's there's plenty of support staff uh, available to you know perform your your job pretty efficiently, and uh, you know everybody's getting good client uh, care and, and patient care as well.
0: That's an impressive number, Dr. Hotham.
1: Well, uh... we're lucky to have them and we, we try to try to empower them and and uh, help them to, you know, do better and, and grow with the, the practice as well in their capacity.
0: And so what percentage of your caseload would be equine?
1: Probably uh, the, the equine work is the bulk of the large animal work, um, but you know, we're probably over 90% small animal.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's little equine and cows.
1: Yes, there is. There's a small ruminants, mostly equine, some dairy, a little bit of beef. Uh, Like, like during the summer, like, like the large animal work tends to somewhat be seasonal with showing season and racing and, and whatnot. So spring, summer, fall is the bulk of the equine work with the, you know, the dentistries and the wellness exams, immunizations, uh, lamenesses and, um, you know, whatnot. But, uh, you know, there's always something to do. So typically our large animal person or, you know, person that would be doing large animal for, you know, the, let's say the, the more busy season, they would probably be booked out, you know, doing farm calls, ambulatory work, you know, at least two or three days a week. But then kind of as the weather changes, you know, it's more in-house, small animal work. And also today people... Most people have pretty good trailers and they will trailer them to us as well. And I don't know how many horses I've, I've castrated on the lawn of the of the office. <laughs> uh,
0: so tell me, uh, um, you have mentioned in the past that because the closest referral and or specialty hospital is quite a distance that uh, you perform more advanced uh, surgical procedures and orthopedic procedures. Can you describe that caseload? Yeah,
1: sure. So um, I've always enjoyed surgery and um, just kind of, I don't know, just kind of came naturally or a little easy for me. And, you know, with taking on, you know, continuing education courses and not afraid to open a book and read up about things, you know. We we do, um, you know, some of the more basic uh, orthopedic procedures, uh, intermedullary pinning, some fracture repairs, uh, uh, knee surgeries, lateral sutures, TTAs, uh, TPLOs, and uh, uh, we have I have quite a few cases booked up over the you know the next six or eight weeks for me. Uh, I typically don't take on other uh, hospital cases just because we don't have the time, but we probably, you know, I probably do two knee surgeries a week and, you know, we do like FHOs and, uh, you know, femoral hip and neck excisions and limb amputations and, you know, some pretty nasty mass removals and, and, and things like that. And people like to have it done locally if they really can and, you know, if they have faith in you and. Uh, word of mouth is very good. So I know it's treated me well. And, you know, if somebody was interested in doing uh, surgeries, I'd, I'd love to have them and, and help throw them into the works. And I think it would be rewarding for them. And certainly there's a great potential to increase that caseload.
0: So you would be willing to mentor some younger associates who who would be interested in doing more advanced sure, procedures? Sure, absolutely. So tell me more about the practice, about what's a typical day like at Hotham Veterinary Services. I mean, your main hospital is the the facility in Presque Isle. Isn't that correct?
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of the mothership. And it's a little larger. Uh, it's probably about 6,500 square feet. It's kind of, you know, it started out as an old farmhouse. And I, I purchased it and, and added on to it. And, you know, we have you know, multiple exam rooms, uh, dedicated treatment area, uh, large surgical suite, um, you know, dental tables and and, and things like that. Um, we have all the uh, use Cornerstone software. We have all the IDEX laboratory equipment. So most everything is done in-house, but we certainly do use reference laboratories as well. And uh, my clinic in, in Holton is, is set up very, very similarly. It's uh, a little bit smaller. It's uh, it is about uh, well, 4,500 square feet, but um, very clean. And, you know, we have all of the imaging, you know, uh, ultrasonography, capacity. We have digital radiology, DR, and uh, my Holton office actually has CR, but still digital uh, Fuji uh, software, which, you know, it's very easy to use and imaging quality is good. And uh, we do offer surgeries down in the Holton office as well, but the more advanced things are typically done in my Prescal office where we have, you know, the power saws and the more orthopedic equipment and, you know, uh, cautery systems and, and things like that. Uh, and also we have the, you know, uh, two ambulatory units, uh, fully stocked and, you know, portable ultrasonography, portal, portable radiology and uh, all of that. So we're pretty well equipped. It's it's just uh, we need some, some help to kind of help us to provide services for the community. And uh, there's great opportunity in that. And people are very, very appreciative here. Uh, Aroostook County is the largest county in uh, the USA. Well, I should say east of the Mississippi, it's the largest county east of the Mississippi. It's very agricultural, but, uh, you know, Presque Isle has, has universities, a university of Maine at Presque Isle. There's, a, a community college there as well. Another university of Maine at Fort Kent, which is just north of us. And, uh, a well equipped human hospital as well and uh, it's just it's a nice place to live it's kind of a little more laid back and and you know probably most people around here don't even lock their cars or their or their homes <laughs> and you know you just you go to the grocery store and you just you see people that you know or you go to church and you see People you know, Uh, my kids used to get mad at me any time I was out in public outside of the office. They're like good Lord, you know, everybody, why do you have to talk to everybody? And like, well, I just, I know them. So, I mean, I don't mind, you know, <laughs> as long as it doesn't get drug out into a long conversation about Fifi, but. <laughs>
0: so you have two associates now you'd like to hire another one or two. absolutely. And you have mentioned to me that they could be either exclusively small animal or they could see some, you know, it could be a mixed animal practitioner also. Um, isn't that, uh, isn't that correct?
1: Yes, that is, that is correct. Um, You know, currently we haven't been able to take new clients. We're not able to take new clients right now just because we don't have adequate veterinary staff. And, uh, you know, that involves horse clients too. There's many people call all the time that, you Mm -hmm. know, are looking to get established and they've heard good things about us. It's just, and there's only so many hours in the day. And, So we don't want to take on work that we can't do well. So certainly there would, would be great opportunity.
0: So tell me about the culture at Hotham Veterinary Service.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, um, it's very family oriented. It's very light and uh, fun. Um, Just, you know, I look forward to going to work every day and we have just, you know, great staff. We, get together outside of work sometimes for, you know, activities or or parties or just, just to get together to have fun or lunch. And, uh, everybody seems to pull together for the common goal. You know, we want to provide excellent service to the clients and, you know, we just, we all like animals and, you know, they're always, they're always, uh, you know, cuddling pets. And, you know, can you tell him we lost this one? I'd like to take this one home. Or I'm like, no, I can't do that. But I'm just joking. But people, you know, they just, uh, it's an easy place to work. There's nobody that uh, thinks so highly of themselves that, you know, sometimes five minutes with a person is a long time. And <laughs> I don't have any of those people at work. I just, I don't mind uh, any of them. And I think that, they think probably the same of me. And like I said, we just try to uh, empower each other to kind of pull together as a, as a team. If somebody's running behind, you know, a lot of times, you know, the other, let's say you're running a a little bit behind for your office appointments and you're the doctor and maybe the other doctor would step in and say, listen, would you like me to see this one for you? Or is there anything I can do to help you kind of get caught up or, uh, but you know, what utilize the, the the technicians so much in doing the dental work and you know the dental cleanings and the dental radiographs and taking images. Uh, you know, and then you know you're just able to go out and review those things and uh, you know do more of the vet work and see a higher higher caseload. But uh, I think the the staff really en- enjoys doing the extra things other than, you know, just kind of being a a skin tag on you, following you around all day. I kind of turn them loose and, you know, let them do what they do best.
0: I mean, it's obviously your your hospital, you and your associates are so efficient that the technical staff must be number one, excellent, and then feel appreciated because they get to do what they've been trained to do.
1: Well, I hope so, you know, and if they're not comfortable doing something, some of the more experienced technicians will kind of step in and say, let's, you know, let's try this, or let me show you how to do this, or "Let me, let me show you help help position that leg just right to get that perfect view of the shoulder or you know no matter what you're doing everybody is willing to you know really um, work again as as a team and and you know everybody's kind of at different places and their skill levels depending on how long they've they've worked or or who they've worked with or some people are just excellent at placing IV catheters and other people might you know struggle with a a crooked legged dehydrated dog or something. and uh, There's no shame in stepping back and saying, Hey, listen, could you put this in for me? So uh, it's just, it's a, they've really got a good rapport with each other and it's just, a, it's a light, fun place to, to work. I mean, they have usually sit around eat lunch together, you know, during lunchtime and, um, you know, discuss cases and we try to, and as veter- as veterinarians, you know, we, we do a lot of collaborative work on cases because, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get some challenging cases and, you know, a couple more minds, you know, interpreting radiographs or, or looking at blood work and, hey, what do I do with this? What would you do? What do you think of this? It's just nice to have some other people to bounce things off of, even if they would do everything the same, it just it's kind of confidence building.
0: So, tell me more about Presque Isle. I mean, I know you're just south of the Canadian border. I've seen pictures; it's very beautiful. My guess is you don't have a traffic jam on the way to the hospital. Uh, wh- what's it like?
1: Well, it's kind of like an old-fashioned little town. Um, our population there in Presque Isle is—I'm not sure it's probably close to around 9,000, I would think. And, you know, it's, it's in the country. So other adjacent small towns, you know, ship their kids there for school. So uh, there's, it's a class B school, I think, at this time. You know, when I was a kid and grew up here, it was a class A school. Uh, but uh, as far as I don't know if they do that across America, but I think it has to do with you know, the size of you know, your student body and, and things like that. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a Main Street uh, stores on both sides of, of the road. There's a, an rustic Center Mall, which isn't as busy as it used to be with, with COVID because the Canadians aren't able to come over. So Canadians love to come over here and shop because a lot of places would take money at par (laughs) or maybe the canadian dollar was stronger Uh and things in canada are really expensive like gasoline and milk and bread so they would come over gas up their car go out to eat do some shopping and uh but with with COVID, a lot of that has kind of petered out unfortunately but um there's a uh Presque Isle International Airport, I mean, you can get a direct flight to New Jersey, and if you wanted to go connect somewhere else, um, you know, so it's, we're up here, but once you're here, you realize, oh, wow, there's really quite a bit of stuff here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've looked at the area and you can go skiing. I mean, there's world-class snowmobiling, the Nordic Track Center. Yes. What are many of the activities that your staff does on the weekends?
1: Well, some of them are outdoorsy and some of them aren't. So, you know, I have a a couple of um, assistants, uh, nurses that come in. They get up about 4.30 in the morning, take care of their their pets, they might have some, this particular girl, she has, uh, you know, a handful of chickens and and things, takes care of them. Then she goes and does CrossFit workout. And then she shows up at the office, uh, you know, about quarter past seven punches in for 7.30 and ready to go. So uh, some of them like skiing. Some of them do a lot of hiking or snowshoeing in the winter there's a lot of lakes here, so fishing, boating, kayaking, canoeing, uh, or, or just just walking out. I mean, property here is less expensive than probably other places in the United States. So you can buy a nice home with you know a few acres. You can have a garden, and uh, you know you're not sitting on top of your neighbor either. There's some distance between. Houses, and it all depends on where you live, but, you know, taxes are, are quite reasonable and um, there's, you know, we're two hours to the ocean, two and a half hours to the ocean. You know, if you wanted to go Friday night or something after work and drive down and have the weekend in, in Bar Harbor or something, uh, people do that mm-hmm. uh, that's a beautiful yeah, area. Bangor's not that far away either. The roads are really good and since they've increased the speed limit to 75, you can really gas it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. If you are an outdoorsy person, you really would just enjoy it there. I mean, it's something like kind of like Montana or Idaho or Colorado where you can ski, hike.
1: Yeah, mo-
0: snowmobile, cross country,
1: Absolutely. There's a local ski hill here. It's about two thousand feet high with two chair lifts and it's a it's a great place to to ski, you know, and it's not gonna cost you it's not gonna cost your family a thousand dollars for you know a weekend.
0: hmm How far are you from Canada?
1: We are probably about five miles, you know, from eastern Canada. Or Western Canada, Western oh, wow. New Brunswick. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah, I actually have have some farmland that, you know, if I turned the tractor out the edge of the field, I could put the front tires into Canada before I turned back into the United States.
0: Oh, wow. I was thinking it was about 30 minutes, but you really are right on the oh, border.
1: Right on the border. We actually have quite a few clients that that come to us, you know, for veterinary services. And mm-hmm. well, COVID's been an issue with that, but lots of people would come over, you know, before I got so busy, uh, you know, we would do, you know, knee surgeries for them or ultrasounds, uh, things like that. But Mm -hmm. it's a nice area. It's it's safe and affordable.
0: Family oriented, it sounds like a nice place to raise a family.
1: Yeah. And there's even the home of the Math and Science Center here so high school kids from all over the United States will come up here if they're interested in math and science. it's one of the top schools in the nation. Oh wow that's interesting yeah it's in limestone so these these it's kind of like a prep school but you do your you can do your full four years there or maybe two years but um, they really are advanced in their in their maths and sciences. Mm-hmm.
0: I think this has been a great conversation, but I just wanted to touch base a little more on what the ideal candidate for you would look like for an associate veterinarian position. What would the ideal candidate be like?
1: Well, the ideal candidate, I would say, would have, you know, a few years of of experience, but we're certainly open to, you know, taking on new grads and um, we're looking for someone who is interested in medicine and surgery, uh, someone who is a team player, someone who who wants to grow and continue to develop and and work in a team fashion, somebody who's interested in, in maybe not doing a ton of large animal work, but you know, enough to wet your whistle and kind of keep your interests up. Uh, I mean, I enjoy getting out and doing some large animal work, especially in the summer and fall. It's, it's nice to have a day out. You're just kind of out of the clinic and I'm out there by myself, or if I've got a lot of things to do, I might take an assistant with me, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of more James Harriet like, and it's just, it's kind of rejuvenating in a way and the clients are, are nice and, um, it's, um, it's enjoyable, and so basically, we're, we're looking for somebody or, or two or even three people. We really have the demand for that. Uh, they just need to be a, a, a good worker and, and be uh, be a team player, really, and have a good attitude. And you know, a lot of times we can teach the rest.
0: Right. And what about for veterinarians with younger families? Are you able to support the work life balance?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, we try to do a four day work weeks and we do alternate on the weekends. But, um, you know, like I said, we try to get in there 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. We start seeing patients about 8 a.m., but we like to get in there a little early, kind of check on in-house patients, maybe do some rounds, discuss some cases. Um, and then, you know, we stop seeing patients uh, around 4, 4.30 and gives us time to kind of uh, tie up loose ends or maybe you got do a little procedure or something or make some phone calls. So most everybody's out of there by five or shortly after uh, maybe five I mean latest, maybe six, but, uh, you know, every day is a little different. We do work until the work is done, but, um, yeah, the uh, family life balance is, is very important to us. Uh, I really struggled with that when I started because, you know, it was just me. And then as we built it up a bit more, I was able to, you know, have a little more time away. And it's really, it's important, really. And you just, everybody needs that.
0: I think a lot of veterinarians in the country today would appreciate leaving between five and six because more and more, I think that's, uh, that's very unique. Sounds like a wonderful lifestyle, particularly when you have younger children.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, when we have um, currently, you know, a couple of our technicians have young families and sometimes they have to leave early to pick them up from school or they might have to do something in the mornings. They may, you know, let us know, listen, we're going to be a little bit late this morning as long as we know ahead of time. So we know what to plan for it's, you know, we just try to work with everybody in their schedule and. We want everybody to have a good experience and um, really would like them to have a, an excellent work life experience, but uh, it is work, unfortunately. So sometimes uh, it's not perfect, but, um, you know, try to do our best. Just be understanding and it's all we can do.
0: It sounds like a wonderful place to work. It really does. Well, thank you, Dr. Hotham. I really appreciate you taking the time. And it's been wonderful to learn more about your hospital and Presque Isle. So I look forward to hearing more. Thank you, Dr. Hotham.
1: Thank you, Laura. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. For feedback, questions, discussion topic requests, or if there is anything we can do for you, feel free to contact us at laura at vetcareerservices.com. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast.